This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the Agency Partner Program at Wix. That's wix.com slash partners. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance. My guest today is David Wood. He's a former consulting actuary to Fortune 500 companies. He's built a very large coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching and coaching thousands of hours in 12 countries around the globe. He's also the author of a book we're going to talk about today called Name That Mouse, because the elephant isn't the only animal in the room. So David, welcome. Thanks, John. Happy to be on the show. So for the first thing I have to know, maybe some of my listeners are smarter about this than I am, but what does a consulting actuary do? Yeah, one of the coolest things about being an actuary is no one knows what it is. When I was in high school, I was really good at math. I, I love maths. And so mm -hmm. we figured I'd be an accountant. And then my mother did some research and she found out that an actuary seems to be harder to qualify, you get more money, it's a bit more nerdy. And it's about statistics particularly related to populations and financial flows. So if you need someone to calculate a premium right. that will allow the insurance company to stay solvent over the next hundred years, you want an actuary. If you want to calculate pension fund premiums so that there'll be enough to pay out people when they retire in 30, 40 years, you want an actuary for that kind of stuff. So super nerdy and uh, hey, confession, I'm an absolute geek and nerd. It, and it's actually a skill that allows insurance companies to basically print money, isn't it? it allows them to what? Basically print money. <laughs> I uh, mean, because they know with some degree of certainty, if they take premiums in at this level, they're going to be just fine. I think they're printing money the same way you or I are printing money. They've got a business and they take on a certain level of risk and they try and make a certain percentage on top of that. Now, if things go really badly, they can be in trouble. Like, let's suppose you're insuring a lot of different people in Turkey for their car insurance and there's a cyclone. Well, you can be in a lot of trouble. I think insurance companies get a bad rap. People think they're, they're just out to make money. I think they're like any other business. But one thing I discovered uh, during my actuarial career is I discovered that while I'm great with systems and money and numbers, I was missing a huge piece of the puzzle, John. I didn't realize until I was 24 or 5 and someone told me to go and do a personal development course and mm -hmm. I got past the name tags and the fact that they're all smiling way too much. When I got past that, I realized, wow, I didn't know about emotional intimacy and deep mm -hmm. vulnerability and transparency and uh, true communication and leadership and influence. So the first half of my life, I think, was all about systems and business and success and money. And the second half of my life has been catching up with all that other stuff. And a client just said to me today, and this is one of the favorite things I've heard ever from a client. He said, I hired you as a business coach because you're a little out there with the woo-woo universe stuff as well. <laughs> and I was like, well said. Yeah, good balance and combination. Most people obviously are familiar with the elephant in the room metaphor. or but So tell me, who's the mouse? What's the mouse? Yeah, the elephant's scratching the surface. And we all know about it. Elephant in the room, let's suppose... Let's suppose I'm 15 minutes late for a 30-minute interview and I don't say anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it. I know it. No one's saying anything. It's weird. That's the elephant. 
But what I've realized through all the authentic relating training I've been doing in Boulder recently is there are so many animals in the room. Maybe, maybe I'm feeling tired today and I'm worried if it's going to show on my face. That's a mouse, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Those are two mice. I'm feeling tired and I'm worried if it's going to show on my face. Is John noticing my low energy? Is he not? Now I'm not feeling tired. That's just an example. These are mice. Maybe I meet, if I meet a woman, I'm single right now, but even if I'm not single, maybe I'm feeling really attracted and I'm having trouble. I'm tripping over my words because I'm so attracted to her. That's a mouse. That's a pretty big mouse in the room. Now, when we don't name these mice and we just skip over it, it's weird. It disconnects me from the other person. It disconnects me from myself. And the more we are willing to name our mice, the more we can feel more connection, more confidence. We can learn to know ourselves better because we're actually revealing our own mice to ourselves. And we can have more profit and be better leaders. And this directly translates to marketing. If you do not name your mice that, that the customer might be thinking about or that you're thinking about, it's going to create division. You'll have less sales. Yeah. And what's interesting about that, you're, when you talk about like you haven't named this mouse, you talked about the, the, the example of the, the woman you maybe have met. Then we're leaving it to them to interpret why this is weird, why you're acting weird. And it's probably yeah. not going to be or it might not be because you're attracted to me. It might just be because you're a psycho, you know, I mean, if we're, if yeah. extreme I'll, example, I'll but I think that's, I think that's what you're getting at is by not naming it, we're leaving so much to chance. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe I'm nervous about something. I've coached quite a few people to speak on stages and this is a pretty big mouse. If you're terrified and you go up mm-hmm. and stand up on stage. Now I used to do this. I used to go to personal development courses and I didn't even know how terrified I was. I'd be mingling with people, same at parties. I can be pretty anxious about what are they going to think and all of that. The fact that I wasn't naming it, the more sensitive people in the room felt something was off. I don't trust this guy. And they they didn't even know why. And once I finally learned, oh, I'm really nervous about being with a bunch of strangers or even a group of people that I know, I was able to name that. I'd say, they say, how are you? I'd say, I'm really nervous and I'm okay with that. How are you doing? Now we might even relate over that. They'd be like, oh, I get nervous in groups too. Or is there anything that I could do to have you feel more comfortable? But now we're connected over what's real versus trying to pretend. Same on stage. If I get up and I'm really nervous and I don't say anything, I create a disconnect between me and the audience. But if I say, Hey, I get nervous talking to large groups. You guys are pretty scary. Um, would you take a breath with me? Let's take a deep breath together. And then, boom, now I'm connected and they can trust me. So, obviously, uh, part of what you're talking about there is just a level of transparency as it's well, of course. And the transparency, boy, in the marketing online world, has just been bantered around as all businesses need to be transparent. But I don't, I think A, it gets misinterpreted in what they mean by that. But I think B, also, what level of transparency is off putting? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll give you an example of where you might be too transparent. Let's suppose a CEO is, is really freaking out about the company and he thinks we're going, the company's going under. 
I'm not recommending you go to the board and say, I'm freaking out. We're going off a cliff. I don't know what to do. <laughs> You're not going to do that. You tell that to your coach. Yeah. And then you might go to the board and say, look, some of you might be worried. I am too. We don't have all the answers yet, but together we'll work them out. So you can, mm-hmm. there are artful ways to do it. Now, Alex Mondosian is an amazing marketer in the US and he coached me once about authentic selling. And the big elephant in the room, when you go up on stage and you sell and you're going to, and you're going to speak for an hour and then you're going to pitch them something, that's a big mouse. That's a huge mouse. It's pretty much an elephant because everyone expects it. He taught me to name my mice. And I'd say up front, I want to do everything in my power to influence, motivate, and persuade you to continue your training with me. I really want to help you make this a reality. And the best way I can think to do that is to give you a lot of value right now, give you as much value as possible. And at the end, I'll let you know what I've got and you can decide if you want to work with me. Does that sound fair? And they always go, yes, it sounds Mm -hmm. great. Now it's out of the way. I'm connected, I'm related, and there's congruence because they know I, I want to sell them. They know I've got something, but it's not hidden. It's not weird. Same when you... Again, I'm single, so some things I see through a dating lens. Again, if I'm really attracted to a woman and I want more time with her and I'm interested in exploring, maybe I want more touch. Maybe I want sex. If I don't artfully name those things up front, then something's going to be off to her. Now, I might not just say to a stranger, hey, I want to have sex with you. That might be inappropriate. But I might say, you seem really interesting and I'd love to get to know you better would you like to go for a walk or have a cup of tea? It's named. And um, also I've, I've heard this and women, you'll have to tell me if, if I'm right. If a guy's, if a guy's a- attracted and he's trying to pretend he's not, they can, women can tell. And so uh, again, you want to be artful about it and have some fun with it. But if you're just trying to hide it and pretend you're not, I have heard feedback that sometimes if a guy says, Wow, notice, again, this has got to be appropriate. It's got to be appropriate to the relationship and how well each other, but you might say, oh, notice I'm feeling alive in my body right now. I'm feeling some turn on right now. In the right circumstance, that can create connection because she's probably already picking up on it. I'd be like, oh, she might actually enjoy that. Again, we're getting into territory that this isn't a relationship. We're not talking about a personal growth podcast right now. But I think here's another example in marketing. If you, let's say you're trying to, let's say I'm trying to pitch myself to be on a podcast, trying to pitch the host like yourself, and I've sent two emails and I haven't gotten a response. What, am I going to give up? Maybe. Or maybe I'm thinking, hey, maybe things have gotten lost. I I don't know. Maybe I just want to get this to the top of John's inbox. Maybe I really am feeling some certainty that this would be a great interview and I want to pitch again. But if I don't name these mice and I just send a third email without any context, you might be like, this dude is not getting the message. (laughs) Or or this guy's just spamming me and is annoying. Doesn't he get the point? But if I say, hey, I wanted to get this to the top of your inbox in case it got lost in the shuffle. And the reason I'm sending this three times is because I really think there's something here. Now we can be related. You're like, oh, he's not an idiot. I've got context now. I know what's going on in his world. He's named his mice. I I try and do that in marketing. If you're sending four emails in a day because the promotion's about to end and this is the last one, you might, and you're like, am I going to be bugging them? You might say, I realize 
be transparent. I realize four emails in a day is a lot and I do not want to bug you. And I don't want this to expire in three hours and you're kicking yourself because you missed it. So I'm sending one more email. I won't send another one. This is in your court. Whatever's the rule of thumb, what's going on in me? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? And then is there an artful way to do that? The problem for me, John, and maybe anyone who's like me, I grew up in Australia. I grew up with parents who hadn't done any personal growth training. And I didn't even know for 50 years what was going on in me. I didn't know, oh, I'm really nervous right now. Yeah, sure, if my heart's pounding. But sometimes I didn't know, oh, I'm a bit annoyed. Oh, I'm a little sad about that. I just skipped over all those things and went for a solution. This book, Name That Mouse, is about slowing it down to the speed of connection so that we can actually relate with each other about what's really happening in each moment. Yeah, there's a, there's a great Stephen Covey, or at least I'm going to attribute it to him, quote you know, from, from the book that I read probably 30 years ago, his first book, um, about no, no one sees the world as it is, we only see the world as we see it. We can't ever know what's you know going on in somebody else's world or, you know, or why they're doing what they're doing. And I think you're right. The way that you connect at that level is just tell them, here's what's going on in my world. Here's what I was thinking. And that that's probably how you're going to get a little bit of an invitation. I can tell you as somebody who gets 10, 15, 20 pitches a day for this podcast, that there are certain things that get my attention and certain things that I ignore completely. Partly out of just being busy, but also partly out of, being choosy. Is that the right word? About who I want to connect with on my show. Let me yeah. move. To well, this. Can I double yeah, click yeah, on yeah. that? You bring up such an important point when you said, here's what's going on in my world. Yeah. I believe that almost all of us operate from a default assumption that there is a world. There's mm -hmm. one world, mm -hmm. one reality. Right. There's a world and I'm experiencing it and you're experiencing it. And I no longer believe that's true. I do not believe that's accurate. I've got my world. I might see, see a dog. You and I could look at the same dog and you might see a, a snarling dog that's about to attack you. And I might see a dog that's excited because I have different contexts. I might see a dog that's excited about someone coming to the door and that's how it behaves. Two different worlds. And if that's true, it's very exciting and very important because we're going to be making assumptions from this default position that John's seeing the same world I am. No way. My roommate and I, we just had a big, almost a fight. He was really angry and I was really stressed. And I was thinking of asking him to move out. And I said, can we sit down and talk tomorrow and we'll get on the same page? And he said, yes. And we took turns back and forth. And I said, I want to get your reality your world. What's it like to be you? And how are you seeing everything? And I listened uninterrupted while a timer went for three minutes. Then we switched. I got to share. This is my world. In my world, four o'clock means four o'clock. In my world, a bump means I'm about to be attacked. I hear a door slam. I think I'm going to be attacked. I'm not right. right. I don't have to be right about any of this. This is my world. And we went back and forth until we got each other's worlds. And then we created a solution. So you just brought up such a big point. I had to double click on that. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. 
When your agency partners with Wix, you unlock an entire digital ecosystem for creating, managing, and growing your business online so you can run your agency the way you've always wanted to. Get the full coding and design freedom to create anything your clients need, along with the tools to manage and collaborate with your team seamlessly from anywhere. And when it comes to growing your business, you can get matched with new leads every day and earn revenue share for every website you create. They're all backed with Wix's industry-leading security and site performance. You'll also have dedicated account managers on standby 24-7 so you can reach your goals and start setting new ones. See for yourself. Head on over to Wix.com slash partners and reimagine what your agency can accomplish. So, uh, again, you threw me towards another one of my favorite people to quote uh, Mr. Rogers. It's hard not to like someone once you their story was something he used to say often. And I think that's, we don't take the time to learn people's stories. And so we make our own assumptions. Yeah. I want to move to what has really been a great uh, deal of your work, or at least I'm assuming so, because it's the URL to your site is (laughs) focus.ceo. And there's no question. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody actually disputes this idea that we can get more done be more profitable and more growth by doing less or at least attempting to do less. I don't think there's too many people that, that are saying, Oh no, I just have to do more. Um, but why is it so hard? <laughs> I think there's a system, there's a default system that almost all of us are operating under. We add more and more mm-hmm. like today. I, I noticed just in a five minute period, my mind said, all right, this seems important today. We're going to do that. And then it added something and then it added something. And then I was holding in my mind about four things. I hadn't even written them down. And I realized this is it. This is the system. Mm -hmm. I don't want to miss out on anything. I want to be super productive. And I'm thinking some part of my brain is like, we can do all of these things. Yeah. Now, already I'm creating some stress and I realized, wow, David, when you have your first coaching call at 10 a.m., you are going to feel incomplete. You are going to feel incomplete because you'll still be holding three things in your head and you haven't done triage. And I think one of the reasons is we like entertainment. So if I add a whole bunch of stuff on, I'm creating adrenaline which is a good drug. I'm getting a dopamine hit with everything I do tick off my list, which is a cool Mm -hmm. drug. And so we're going for entertainment and a a drug fix. Nothing wrong with that. But it's also creating stress. And at the end of the year, you may have half of the income that you could have had. Half of the piece and half of the income. And on my site, focus.ceo, it says double your income by focusing on less. A lot of the stuff, uh, one client we just started three, four weeks ago, he's got a system. When there's a task to do, he goes and adds it to his calendar. The critical piece that was missing for him in the system was triage. He wasn't prioritizing and he wasn't saying, you know what? This can't make it onto this week. This can't make it. I don't have room. This is going to go in the waiting room for next week. So now he's starting to do that. He's starting to prioritize and push some things off so that he can nail the things that really do matter. And at the end of the day, he can feel like a rock star. I did the four critical things, crossed them all off. And these were the things that are going to move the needle in my business and my life. 
Now, I've been coaching people for many years at a strategic level to focus. And so you're talking almost a task level. One of the biggest things I do when we work with folks is to get them to, to, to narrow their focus to their top 20% of their clients and do 10 times as much with them and stop trying to serve everybody. I can't tell you how many times I've come across businesses that list 37 services on their, on their website. When we really get talking about it, three of them make up 80% of their revenue. And it's like, that's a really good example. (laughs) Why are we killing ourselves? (laughs) Yeah. I heard a story about, I don't know if it's true, but I like the story about Steve Jobs sitting with a marketing person. And he said, we have to promote these five benefits of this product in the ad. And the marketing person grabbed five balls of paper, scrunched up five balls of paper, threw them at Steve and said, catch. He dropped them all. (laughs) And he said, okay, we'll push one benefit. So it works with marketing to do less. And I think of the focus on less. I think it works with our tasks to focus on less. We just need some triage. So one thing I highly recommend, firstly, and I have a checklist for this. If you like, at the end, we can give people a link where they can download this checklist, this report. First thing is you've got to know your goals. You've got to know where you're heading. Otherwise, what are you going to judge your tasks against? So 12 months, three business goals, three personal goals. Next thing on the checklist is uh, three months out. What are the milestones that'll have you do the happy dance so you'll know we're fully on track? And then each week, I recommend having a weekly action plan. Each week, list, this is what I have said matters for the next week, and here's what I'm putting in a drawer. Now, that's very important because the mind wants to do everything. You have to do a deal with it. Look, we're not getting rid of it all, but the rest is going in a drawer. For this week, we know what's important. And then the next step on the check, and and by the way, you're going to want that action plan every week. Mm -hmm. And so don't just do it now and then next week you're lost. So I highly recommend booking a CEO date with yourself just for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Once a week, Friday, 4 o'clock, Saturday, 9 a.m., Monday, 9 a.m., whatever works for you. And at that point, you look back over what you've accomplished and you pat yourself on the back. I literally sometimes pat myself on the back (laughs) for what I've done. And then you look at your three-month goals and say, what's most important this week? And you list what you'll do over the next seven days. Do that every week. You'll at least know what matters. Now, following it's a whole different thing. You'll want the rest of the checklist for that. But that'll have what's important. So when something comes up during Monday, like Monday at 10 a.m. and someone's asking you to do something, you can look at that weekly action plan and decide, is this important enough to bump what I've got? If it is, okay, maybe I'll bump it. Otherwise, can I delay it? Can I get someone else to do it? Because I've already got my plan. Yeah. Awesome. So David, tell people where they can find uh, more on Name That Mouse. And then I think you've also got a bonus program that you're going to tell folks about as well that's related to uh, to the book. Sure. Yeah. If you're interested in the Name That Mouse book, right now we've got a Kickstarter campaign. So if you're in time, you can join that. As little as $3 will give you the mini book that we've already written. And if we hit our target, which is a tiny target, we just started and the target's $1,500. We hit, if you help us hit that target, we will write the full book because we believe this will bring the world closer together. We want to start a mouse naming revolution, not just in marketing, but for couples, for, for people everywhere in every country. And you can be part of that. And if you've missed, missed the Kickstarter, you can just buy the book. You can do all that at namethatmouse.com. 
Couldn't get much simpler than that. Namethatmouse.com. There's a link to the Kickstarter right there. And we'd love you to share it too. Share the campaign. If you think it's a good idea for the world, go and post Name That Mouse on, on social media and say, hey, I want to help these guys start a mouse naming revolution. We need more transparency in the world and in our relationships. And then I want to give you guys the link to download the, the checklist. And I've also got a, a free video training that's about six minutes that'll really help you ramp up how much you get done in half the time. And you can get those goodies at myfocusgift.com because I want to give you the gift of focus. So it's myfocusgift.com. It'll take you to a hidden page on my website where you can get these goodies and be in my my sphere of training. Awesome. David, thanks for stopping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll run into you in real life one of these days sooner we can swap back. My pleasure. Thank you, John. All right, so that wraps up another episode. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And you know we love those reviews and comments. And just generally tell me what you think. Also, did you know that you could offer the duct tape marketing system, our system, to your clients and build a complete marketing, consulting, coaching business, or maybe level up an agency with some additional services? That's right. Check out the duct tape marketing consultant network. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that offer our system to your clients tab.